Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Today, Randy, we are continuing our journey through the dictionary at the end of the Life Guide of Recovery Terms. We are basically doing a linguistics uh, course here on the foreign language, otherwise known as recovery language, so that uh, we can all be on the same page um, uh, when we're talking to each other. I think it helps a lot, Mark, because these are terms that are common terms that uh, sometimes people hear the terms, they throw them around, and a lot of times they use them incorrectly. If right. if you don't understand uh, the true uh, definition and meaning of these recovery terms, uh, you will be uh, easily uh, misunderstood. And when we're trying to teach people healthy communication, it's uh, not good to be misunderstood or misperceived. Well, I first have to commend you for, first of all, um, uh, gutting it out last week when you were under the weather. Last week's show is when uh, you weren't feeling all that well. We made it through the show, and you're feeling much better today. I am feeling much better over the last several days. Uh, it was, in fact, a cold, and uh, the strange thing that colds generally do is they get better despite <laughs> our efforts. <laughs> well, you, your dulcet tones have returned, and uh, uh, I'm sure the listeners join me in uh, enjoying that fact. So what is the first term that you'd like to uh, bring to our attention on today's show? Well, looking at the list here, uh, we ended last week with narcissism, which I thought, by the way, was a brilliant show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, you that's you in particular were very, very good. <laughs> can we would talk? You, yeah, would you like to talk about that for yeah, a while? Yeah, we talk more about how good I was? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So that's a good summary uh, demonstration of narcissism. <laughs> Uh, the next term in our list is neurochemical, and uh, that's a term that's thrown around a lot. Uh, one of the great things that's really happened in the recovery field over the last 20, 30 years has been the emergence of uh, the field of neuroscience and our uh, ability to, uh, uh, to use some of the great findings neuroscientifically about the human brain and so forth. Uh, and one of the things that this term is important to is a definition of addiction because when we say that any behavior for it to be addictive, like an eating disorder, a gambling addiction, a work addiction, uh, and certainly sex addiction, which is you know about behaviors, acting out behaviors, we also know that it has to meet the medical standard definition for an addiction, which means that it has to create some kind of neurochemical dependence in the brain. In other words, the brain becomes tolerant to a certain substance or substances, the challenge is that uh, a behavior has to produce some neurochemical in the brain to which the brain becomes uh, dependent. We've discussed this a number of times on the show, don't need to get into all of it, but my favorite neurochemical is uh, adrenaline, so even uh, sexual arousal when you, when you are just thinking about sex creates adrenaline, and then another major one that most people know about is dopamine. So adrenaline, dopamine, oxytocin, those are, uh, that's another one. Those are neurochemicals that are produced in the human sexual response, and the brain can become dependent on those neurochemicals. 
adrenaline is behind uh, gambling addiction, work addiction, any kind of risk-taking uh, addictions. Uh, we could even say that uh, that online or internet addiction could be based on adrenaline. That there's so many, uh, there are so many stimulating websites, whether it's gaming or connecting or whatever it is. So wherever there's a rush involved, whatever there's a huge rush involved, including the combination with sexual addiction of uh, adrenaline and dopamine, um, that combination has been compared to cocaine. So. Neurochemicals are uh, things that we all rely on on a daily basis to function. Uh, they are obviously very healthy in the normal operation of our bodies and brains. And uh, when we're, where we get into trouble is when we're doing one that has that mood-elevating quality or mood-suppressing quality, and our brain becomes uh, addicted to, tolerant of, or dependent on that particular neurochemical. So when we use the term neurochemical, we're talking about stuff that's going on in the human brain. Well, I'm constantly amazed when we do the uh, Fight of Your Life event, one of the sections of that program deals with taking every thought captive. And that's when you take the uh, the opportunity to tell the men in attendance much more about the neurochemical aspects involved in, a, in addiction mm -hmm. and in viewing pornography. Right. And when I look at the evaluation forms that we have the men fill out at the end of the event, many, many times their favorite part of the day was your explanation mm -hmm. about neurochemistry. Because, you know, so many of us grow up with certain behaviors and it doesn't have to be a you know addictive behaviors but just behaviors where where some your your mother might get fed up and say it's all in your head right. well quite frankly it is it's right. all in your head well isn't it? the assumption there i think where the men find it so helpful is that you know there's been a historic assumption that this is a moral problem this is a, a matter of uh, you know unhealthy sinful choices and it is but i think you know understanding of the neurochemistry of addiction allows us to also to understand that it's a it is in fact a legitimate medical condition like alcoholism would be or or cocaine addiction or any of those and that uh, at some point when our brain has become neurochemically tolerant to substances, that does take us to a point where it's very difficult for us to make healthy choices. So I think there's a shame-reducing uh, quality to this, and then it allows the men to understand they're still responsible now for detoxing their brain from these neurochemicals. And the only way to do that is to stop ingesting a substance like alcohol or triggering these neurochemicals even just through sexual fantasy. So there, there's lots of stuff we can do about this. Uh, the brain is plastic and, and can be reshaped and reformed. And I think that's also a hopeful thing for the men to hear. Well, that's and that's the kind of feedback that men give us in the fact that there's a relief factor here, like you said, shame-reducing. Right. They, when they hear you talk about this, they are so relieved to hear that they can actually retrain their brain. Right. And that, you know, you show them those those steps, and they leave with a, with a much lighter load on their mm -hmm. shoulders once they realize, after listening to you that the neurochemical aspects of their uh, struggles really can be um, right. overcome. That's right. That is definitely uh, hopeful. I yeah. think, and Paul was right in Romans 12 too, we can transform our brains. So the scripture is right. Paul did not have the benefit of neuroscience, but he was accurately describing the human condition that however we train our brains, we can retrain them uh, in uh, the purposes of God. So um, very hopeful stuff and hopefully very shame-reducing. If you like this subject matter that we're talking about just now, I recommend that you go to faithfulandtrue.com to our bookstore because Mark's book, 
that's called Taking Every Thought Captive. Talks about this subject itself, and I think you'll find it fascinating. At this point, let's take our break, Mark, and when we come back, we'll continue with our exploration of these uh, recovery terms. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor Program. struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy. This is a uh, very real trigger that happened to us over the last couple of days here at our center. Many of our listeners will know that our center is located in an office complex. We own our building, but it's part of an office uh, association uh, of 10 different uh, office units. Businesses, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so last night at group, one of the men came in and said to me something that I had not noticed yet, but evidently on Monday at one of the offices across our parking lot, there is a new business, and that business is a massage parlor. And uh, they have their bright neon sign in the window, and uh, it just says massage. And when you look in the front door, there's a there's a uh, uh, Oriental woman sitting there. I say Oriental. I think she's probably Chinese. She and, might be Asian. Uh, thank you, Randy. <laughs> your, your son is infamous for the term that Orientals are rugs. Orientals are rugs. People are Asian. People are Asian. Okay. So she's Asian. My <laughs> guess is Chinese, and my guess is she's part of the uh, Chinese slave trade that brings these women more or less as indentured servants to this country, promising the hope of freedom in America, but then uh, they have obligations to work for these syndicates of massage parlors all over the, all over the country, um, and these syndicates are basically a, a form of organized crime. So 
it's an organized crime-sponsored establishment. Uh, I feel sorry for the women in there because they are doing things that uh, they feel compelled to do. While they they would advertise themselves as a legitimate uh, business, business, we know that they're not. Well, it's amazing the impact that a one uh, neon red word can cause, uh, because that's all it took to see that one word in neon in their window, massage. Well, it was a trigger for all of us, certainly the men coming in the group, uh, a number of them uh, have actually been to these places, and uh, so it was a trigger for them. I mean, here they're coming to a place that they, they hope will be safe, and uh, obviously our building per se is, but if they're driving into a parking lot and seeing one of the triggers or temptations that, that they're fighting against, uh, that that is something. And I will say, just so our listeners know, we are um, taking appropriate actions to uh, get them shut down. Well, it, at the moment, with them uh, still in business, uh, to see their signage and our signage across the parking lot from each other. It's kind of the yin and yang. Well, <laughs> was it you Was it you <laughs> joking yesterday that we ought to paint footsteps between their front door and our front door? So when you leave that place... You it know, goes from them to us. To our front door. Uh, exactly. Uh, and then another one of the wives suggested that perhaps we should just put flyers on the windshield. Well, that's what I had said there. to you. Yeah, I said, would you mind if I went over over there with some of our workshop brochures right. and left them at the front desk. Left them at the front desk uh, with this sweet uh, young Asian woman. Yes, exactly. Right. Well, that's a very effective trigger for today, and it's really a hot button at Faithful and True. Well, it is very hot in our association. <laughs> there are some of our neighbors who are uh, up in arms, up about, in arms it. about it, as, as we all should be. Absolutely. Well, uh, following that up, let's return uh, to our study here of uh, effective recovery terms. Yeah, I think some of the next two or three we could go over rather quickly. Um, the next word on our list is objectification, and uh, that's a you know word that I think most people understand. It's taking a human being and looking at them only for their uh, physical qualities. Um, in our field of sexual addiction, sex addicts tend to objectify women, or in some cases they may be objectifying men, rather than seeing them as human beings with a heart and a soul, a personality. Uh, they purely see them as a as a physical body uh, for the purposes of uh, sexual pleasure. Uh, one of the things I think to understand in our field is that a lot of the men can and act out with other women as long as they do objectify them. I mean, if they see them as human beings, it's it's a little bit harder to do. Uh, so anyway, objectification is something that uh, is important not just to our field, but really to all fields. We all need to uh, look upon each other and remember that uh, inside everybody is a soul. Well, just as you say here in the book, when we objectify someone, it's easier to lust after that person as just a body to be desired. That's right. So one of the steps toward freedom is to uh, remember that this body uh, does possess a spirit and um, that this is maybe somebody's daughter, somebody's wife, somebody's uh, friend. Uh, uh, you know, going back to our trigger of the week, I'm sure these Chinese women over there, I feel very sorry for them because I know they're enslaved. And uh, they are definitely part of the slave trade. And we need to not, not go in particular of their services expecting them to perform sexual acts. We need to treat them as human beings. We need to treat them with respect and um, 
and as we're in the process of closing that business down, we need to remember that there's human beings over there. All right, our next term is rationalizing, and this is uh, we talked uh, a show or two back about minimizing. I, you know, I think about minimization, rationalization, objectification. I mean, they're all in that place where we're making excuses, excuses. for why it's okay to uh, to do some of the things that we do of a sinful nature. So, rationalization is really any excuse that we would think justifies uh, an otherwise immoral act. So. Um, you know, over the years, I've heard unbelievable rationalizations, and uh, yesterday I was talking to a man who had uh, received a, a negative uh, work report from his uh, boss or supervisor or whoever it was, and uh, he was feeling in that victim place, and he was rationalizing that uh, he needed to do something nice for himself, and that was going to be his excuse that justified uh, Looking at some pornography. Acting out. Yeah, acting out. So uh, rationalizations, I guess one of the things I would say can be very creative, but I think the, the better term for rationalization generally is that it's it's about the lies we believe. Now, when you're working with, with an individual, I'm sure that your antenna is up and you identify uh, those rationalizations rather easily. Do you call the individual on it? Well, yeah. When we're in group or we're in one-to-one, uh, it's not a a shaming thing that we do, uh, but it's just basically a truth-telling thing that we do. Um, and it's amazing to me, you know, you ask a man, do you really believe that? And uh, they will generally most often say, no, I really don't. It's just something that I used in myself, talk to myself or others around me to to uh, justify, rationalize why I was doing what I was doing. <laughs> basically, I think the people who uh, do these kinds of things, they, they, uh, they are afraid of being rejected uh, they're afraid of being criticized, so they come up with excuses for why it was uh, uh, okay or why they were compelled to do what they were doing. So, and at the moment that they came up with the excuse, it sounded believable to them. Right? You know, they they just want they want that acceptance that whatever that act was that they did, it was justified. That's right. And we need to remember when we respond to these people, we could be critical, we could be shameful, we could be. You know, how could you say such a thing or how could you believe such a thing? Uh, if that's our response, uh, it's generally going to increase shame. And shame is one of the things can be used as a rationalization for why it's okay for me to act out. I'm such a bad person anyway. Who cares what I do? You know, that kind of thing. Right. Well, the book takes us from rationalization to the next term being recovery plan. Well, recovery plan is just an indication that... Uh, the uh, men who are successful here at staying sexually pure, or as we say, sexually sober, they are very proactive in having a plan. So uh, um, they have uh, an idea of what they're going to do on a daily basis to stay uh, free of sexual sin. They are going to make phone calls. They're going to journal. They're going to meditate. They're going to pray. They're going to study scripture. They're going to engage in healthy relationships with their wife and their, their community of men. Uh, if they travel, they're going to have specific things that they do before they even get on the airplane. Uh, recovery plans uh, can uh, include all the positive things that we should be doing for ourselves that are matters of self-care, growth, spiritually and emotionally and relationally. 
So recovery plans usually are a lot more extensive. I mean, the average guy that walks through our door would like it to be very cut and dried, very simple, and they're usually surprised by the extent of the work that we're going to ask them to do. So that's one thing to think about when you think about a recovery plan. It's usually always going to involve a lot more work than you anticipated. And how can you tell when someone is successfully following their recovery plan? Well, because they're sober, they're successful, yeah. they're, uh, they're transforming, they're changing, their personality is actually even changing. If you start doing these positive things, gaining, it's amazing to me how sobriety can bring to you some greater level of self-confidence and you start exuding that to others. Others can see the difference and uh, you also feel like you're in charge of your life a little bit more, even though we know this is an unmanageable problem, we can uh, do some things for ourselves that makes it easier to stay sober. You know, just because you used this term twice in the last two minutes, I'd like to call an audible here. This is like being at the line of scrimmage and, and, uh, and calling an audible. You used the term sober. Sober. Twice. And I, I know that it's going to come up a little bit later on uh, under the term of sobriety. Yeah. Tell our listeners what you mean when you use the word sober. Sober is uh, uh, something we define by an acronym here, LAMP, uh, which is kind of cute in a way. Light shines forth, but LAMP is, uh, stands for what you're not going to do anymore. Um, so sobriety defines you know, what you're going to stop, basically. And uh, now, that's interesting in that uh, around here we would extend it to also include things you're going to start doing. So, you know, being sober could be a matter of practicing your recovery plan, which is probably why it came up. But uh, uh, what you're stopping is uh, lying, that's the L. I'm not, I'm not telling lies anymore, I'm telling the truth. Uh, a is for adultery, I'm not committing any form of adultery, emotionally or, or physically. Uh, the M is for masturbation, our definition of sobriety here includes no masturbation. And then P, you know, should be obvious. You know, I think people see where we're going here. P is for pornography. So if I say today that I'm sober, that means I haven't told a lie. I haven't committed any form of adultery. I haven't done any form of masturbation. I haven't looked at any pornography. Well, uh, which brings us to our next term. And, you know, as we're going through this list of words, we're going from recovery plan to that bump in the road. That's called relapse. Relapse. Well, uh, there's another term maybe we can just anticipate that's coming up in our S words here, uh, and that's the word slip. Uh, so uh, one of the things we distinguish when we think about slip or relapse, slip is uh, an acting out experience. So uh, last night, one of the guys in the group had had a slip, and uh, what he had done was um, looked at some pornography and masturbated. That's acting out. Don't get me wrong. The slip is acting out. And uh, we may say that if the guy is able to get back on track, get back with his plan, get back to his level of commitment, um, then he may uh, begin to enjoy sobriety again. If that's the case, it remains a slip. And back in the old days, I, you know, in my ongoing need to be cute and, you know, discover acronyms, I said that uh, slip maybe stands for short lapse in progress. So, uh, this guy that was talking about this last night is actually a guy who's been making a lot of emotional progress, a lot of spiritual process uh, progress, a lot of 
relational progress with his wife. So to to have had that slip does not negate the gr- the growth that he's that he's made. Now the word though that came up was relapse and. What I have always said is that relapse is when you have a series of ongoing slips. So uh, it's an ongoing repetitive cycle of uh, the acting out behavior. That would be a full uh, relapse. Uh, That does take you back kind of to go. It does mean you have an awful lot of emotional and spiritual work to do. And uh, that may require some additional form of treatment at points, greater counseling, greater groups, greater this, greater that. But a relapse is uh, obviously a step backward. A slip, maybe a short lapse, you still get to move forward. Well, today's uh, group of words have taken us from neurochemical to objectification, rationalization, recovery plan, and relapse. And uh, it's just amazing how quickly the show goes because you get on a roll. Hopefully these definitions and these conversations that you and I are having are really providing some benefit to our listeners. How would you wrap up today's show for our listeners, Mark? Uh, You know, I always like to uh, end with encouragement. And uh, I think one of the things that would be true of uh, several of the terms we talked about today is that even if today you've told a lie, even if today, uh, not necessarily about sex, but about something, uh, you've, you've done a rationalization, you've done a minimization, you've uh, maybe had some form of uh, an emotional slip or something, be of good cu- courage. Uh, uh, what I've always considered to be the case is when you make a decision that you want to be the man or woman that God calls you to be, uh, I think, you know, just about every person that we work with, you can see signs of progress. Even though they continue to make mistakes and be imperfect, I think you still get credit for uh, being on the recovery journey, trying, being willing, being, being people with good, and good hearts and a heart after God. And I think as long as you remain in that deeply centered spiritual place, we we can all uh, seek to encourage each other rather than be critical of each other. We'd like to encourage our listeners that as they're hearing Dr. Laser on this show every week, if you're realizing that you're in a place where you want to make a life-changing transformation, we'd like to invite you to visit faithfulandtrue.com and click on the workshop pages where you'll see lots of information about our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops. We invite you to look seriously at that. And if this is something that you are now ready to explore, uh, you can register right online. We do the three-day intensive every month, and uh, we'd love to have you come to Faithful and True and partake in that event. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. My name is Randy Everett. I'm your co-host, and we're pleased to bring you this show every week. Uh, Until next week, we hope that uh, you have a week that is full of uh, a successful recovery plan, and uh, we hope that uh, your week is filled with many blessings. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.